right, if you keep Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3. <laughs> we'll uh, try and get through this by 12 o'clock. Oh, I like old Nicodemus. He's one of the few Pharisees that you uh, actually catch in a slightly positive light in the New Testament. Um, and uh, the thing I like about Nicodemus is that Nicodemus had an inquiring heart, and I reckon that's what Jesus appreciated with him as well. Um, and uh, he was around there. He, was, he actually embalmed uh, Jesus, I think, too, at the end. So he was, keeping, he was keeping an eye on Jesus. He knew that Jesus had something that he didn't have. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. Uh, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I love these showstopper statements that Jesus manages to come out with. First of all, we've got Nicodemus. He's a man of the law. He knew the Torah. He knew the commands. He knew what he had to keep in order to earn his salvation and be in right standing with God. Uh, they had 613 different laws. And Nicodemus, as a, a member of the Jewish ruling council, he would have known those laws. And, uh, and I think, you know, from what we can see of Nicodemus' heart, I think he was probably a man who was endeavoring to keep those laws and to, uh, to live his life well. But what Nicodemus sees, uh, and we pick that up there, we know you're a teacher, blah, 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 for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. So what Nicodemus is doing is he's making this comparison. He's looking at his life, and he's going, okay, well, I've got these 613 laws. I've got the Torah. I know it down pat. Uh, I'm keeping all these things. I'm not walking any more than however many steps I'm allowed to on the Sabbath. Uh, I won't get my donkey out of the well if it falls in, all these sorts of things. He's, he's keeping the law. And, but what he recognizes with Jesus is that Jesus is coming with profound teaching, but also, which is awesome in itself, and also, let's not put a button there, Jesus was coming with profound teaching and also with a dimension of miraculous signs and wonders. Let me back up again. Jesus was coming with teaching that had revelation. It was alive, which is supernatural in itself. Plus, Jesus was coming with miraculous signs and wonders. So you've got Nicodemus weighing up his life, keeping 613 laws. Good man, you know, doing what he thinks is right versus Jesus who is doing awesome stuff and has got this supernatural dimension around his life. There's a, there's a, there's a way up. And Nicodemus gets curious about this. Uh, and so he comes and uh, quietly one night and talks to Jesus. Jesus hits him with the showstopper statement. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And as you and I would, I mean, we've got a comprehension now of what born again does. You know, you're in a Pentecostal church. It's not going to be too long before you hear the term born again bandied around. It must sound horrifically weird to people. Uh, when they feel, I, can anyone remember first hearing that statement and going, that sounds really bizarre? Yeah, I don't remember hearing it and thinking that, but uh, yeah, it must just sound bizarre. And of course, it meant, it sounded bizarre to Nicodemus. He comes back and says, as we would all say, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asks. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born 
again. <laughs> it's one of those things you just don't want to stop and think about for too long, is it? It's just an odd statement. It's like, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Yes, no, it's just, you're just like, showstopper statements, aren't they? But Jesus was a master at that. He was a master of throwing something out there that would make people stop and consider. And something that I hadn't picked up on until just recently, I was looking at this passage again. It's a passage I've preached from a number of times. But the thing I love about the Bible is you can look at the same passage you've seen a million times and God will bring something fresh and new out to you. And I thought, and this is what I started to ponder. Why does Jesus look, use the term born again? What is the deal with that? Why use that analogy of being born again? And then I started to think about, well, okay, what happens when the first time... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just realized what I was going to say, and I'm going to try and word this a different way without allowing your imaginations. We're just going to shut and compress those imaginations for a moment. When we are first born, we go from the dimension of the womb, which is a dimension that is, uh, that is very restricted, isn't it? You know, there's not a lot of movement eventually in the womb, um, and so the body, the, the baby must come out. But you think about this. You think about the dimension change that a baby goes from. It goes from a very, very restricted, very restricted uh, place into a place called the universe. You know, this isn't even exponential. This is just small, minute to whoo. It's like comparing a speck of sand to, uh, you know, if we say the, the speck of sand is the dimension of the womb to uh, the speck of the earth, you know? The, do, the, the, the dimension change is massive. And this was one of the things I reckon Jesus was trying to get over to Nicodemus. They're actually, you are living in a dimension. Yes, you've got the law. It's a very, uh, it's a very tight kind of dimension. You know, you keep the law, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Whereas Jesus is going, hang on, there is something that is so much bigger that you can actually live in. You can live within the womb or you can live within the universe. The choice is over to you. And then he goes on and he explains to Nicodemus, hey, if you keep your eyes on me, then you are going to be able to live in this dimension of the uh, uh, of the universe of, of the supernatural, um, and we see that uh, you know through this very very clever uh, little piece of work that he does, where he, he goes back to when uh, the Israelites had a snake up on a on uh, uh, on a post. It was a golden snake. What was happening was the the Israelites through their disobedience they were being bit on the leg by snakes, and then they were dying. So they came up with this novel way that um, so God said this: look, make a gold snake, stick it up. Uh, on a post, and then if someone gets bitten, they can look to the snake, and they will not die. Okay, the golden snake didn't have any significant power in itself. It was a work of the spirit. But if but but the thing that they had to do was they had to look to the snake, and this is one of the things that Jesus is getting with Nicodemus. He's like, if you want to live in this dimension, then then dude, like they had to look at the snake and something supernatural would take place. If you look to me, then you will be able to live in a supernatural dimension. Are you with me? 
Okay, but the key thing I want you to get here is that it was a dimension of huge restriction. Okay, so living amongst the law, that was a dimension of restriction. And God was saying, showing to Nicodemus, you can live in a dimension that is so much greater. Pretty cool, eh? Over the, probably the last uh, month, I have just been mulling over how we can live in uh, our natural abilities, the dimension of our natural abilities. But we have actually been released into a much greater dimension, and that is a dimension of the supernatural. And I think one of the things that has brought this on for me uh, is comprehending this, is uh, I, I think probably as a pastor I have looked to live with my natural abilities, but then I've also got used to accessing the supernatural in different ways for, for whatever is needed. And so now I find myself in a different stage of life where I'm stepping into something new, and I have found that my, my first tendency is to rely totally on my natural abilities. And what I've realized is that is a really slow way of living. And so I have found myself now starting to uh, uh, access and go, okay, hang on, but I'm not just my natural abilities. I'm not, there's so much more that God has available for me. And so what I'm doing now is in a new, uh, a new phase of my life is starting to work out, well, how do I access those supernatural dimensions in a, in a new arena um, and it's been, it's been a challenge it has been a real challenge um, but as I, have, uh, as I have been trying to do it different things have been happening I've been like wow I can actually access the supernatural over here in this ability let me give you an example uh, when, when you're learning to, um, to fly there's a, a certain device that's called a, uh, a navigation computer it's an evil little thing but it's incredibly clever it's evil because it is really hard initially to understand. And so uh, I was in a, a two-hour class, and they're just you know, talking about this thing again. And, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I'm really, really trying to stay with the guy. I'm like, I'm going to get this. I, you know, and I'm telling myself, Chris, you, you're, you're bright. You're, you're, you're not a dummy. You know, I've got every truth coach I can possibly get. Throwing it. And I'm, still, and, 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 you know, I'm just getting this sinking feeling, hey. You know, I'm just like, the boat is going down. Bloop, 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 bloop. And I, I walked out, it was a Friday afternoon. I, I walked out and I was like, oh, I'm driving home and I'm thinking about this. I was like, God, I need your help on this one. And I had this thought. I thought, God, you're the God of revelation. Actually, what I need is a few revelations on how this whole thing works. I just need, you know, I need it to click. And as I'm praying that, I'm driving home and I felt something take place. I just felt like, boom. Now, I'm dreading the weekend because like, I've got all these questions that I've got to answer um, and I've got to work through these, um, these things with this evil little device. Um, I sh yeah. Anyway, so I, I should have brought it just so you understand. But anyway, it, the story still rings true without you knowing what it is. Um, <laughs> I don't want to bring evil into the church. You know? <laughs> I get home, I sit down at my desk... This is in the next couple of hours. I sit down at my desk and I look at one of the things and I go, okay, and something clicks. Something clicks. And, and then something else clicked and something else clicked. And I just went, wow. You know, 
even stepping into a, in a whole new area where I could easily be tricked into believing it is all up to my natural abilities. The, di- the, the supernatural dimension is available for me. How dumb would I be? I think the saying goes, how stupid can you be and still breathe? And not access that supernatural dimension. Yet we can so easily slip into doing things on our natural abilities, can't we? We can so easily do it. And yet, uh, uh, just a reminder for me of, okay, I've actually got this whole other dimension that is made available to me. Uh, Edward's going to just, is Edward around? Where is he? Yeah, do you want to just grab Edward? He's, um, I've just, he's got 24. Wow, okay. He was just going to um, uh, share something. Uh, he told me a testimony a few weeks back, and uh, it was just a, uh, a testimony of him bringing the kingdom into his everyday life. And I thought, um, I'd really, really like you guys to, uh, to hear this testimony because it's so cool. But how many people can relate to, um, you know, that just falling back onto our natural abilities? Yeah. Yeah. And how many people can relate to uh, accessing you know, having that revelation of, actually, I've got the supernatural that I can access. Yeah, something really good to just keep my... Yeah, well, come up, mate, and just uh, share us that testimony of, um, yeah, how you just brought God into a situation. Oh, okay, everybody. We've got 24 children out the back today. It's like a full-on classroom. It's incredible. Um, it's crazy. Food everywhere. Um, anyway, yeah, God into the workplace. Um, oh, let me catch my breath. Um... Probably about two or three months ago, uh, I went to a, a meeting at work and we were talking about a project that we were really, really keen on on uh, bidding and winning. And uh, yeah, what happened? Yeah, so talk, talking about the pro- uh, we're talking to them about this project we wanted to bid and win, but it was the, the the individual that we were dealing with in the council was really quite a difficult uh, person, and they were quite closed-minded about uh, about the job in general. So um, we wanted to go and talk to them and see if we could change their mind about the way in which they were going to win or procure the job. So we didn't really think it was going to go that well because they were so closed-minded about it. Anyway, we went to the meeting and uh, there was three of us and about three of them. And uh, so the meeting started and right from the, the moment of that meeting, this particular person was just really, really negative and uh, you weren't going to change his mind at all, and I didn't say too much. Um, I was there with my uh, with my boss as well, so he was talking a bit, and I was just listening. And then I got this sort of this uh, little thought that popped into my head that just said, "Oh, I want you to start praying." I thought, oh, "Okay, can't hurt to do that." And uh, and so I just started just started praying, not out loud because that might have freaked a few people out, but <laughs> but started praying, and and it was um, it was just just under my breath and just in my mind and uh, and actually Ruth had also been uh, been talking to Ruth a bit and she'd been challenging us to, to pray in tongues uh, as well and just to see what happened so I started doing that too and and it was quite amazing almost instantly when I, when I did that that the whole attitude of the people that we were um, meeting with just changed they went from being really negative really closed down and uh, and they, the attitude changed they started to listen to what we were what we were saying and and um, they even went from it, and they had a real distrust of us. They have a distrust of contractors because they think that contractors like to rip them off and that sort of stuff. Don't get me started. Um, 
<laughs> but they, yeah, they, they went from a real mistrust to a real to a real atmosphere of openness and willing to listen. And we sort of we talked to them and, and talked about different ways in which we could pro- in which they could procure the job, make it fairer for everybody and less expensive and not so risky. And and um, and, and in fact, at the start of the meeting, we were pretty much all prepared to tell them we weren't going to even bid the job because we just it was just too risky. And um, and, and as the as the meeting progressed, and I just I really didn't say much at all to be honest. I just sat there and um, and just prayed and just prayed and prayed and prayed and just spoke in tongues and just and nothing amazing in the prayer. Just really just asked for God's presence to be in the meeting and for Him just to come and do His thing and and, and work through the people. And we came from the meeting at the start where they were completely closed off and not entertaining. I mean, I'm not entertaining what we had to say at all. To at the end of the meeting, they uh, they ag- had agreed to what we were what we were suggesting or proposing, and uh, thought it was a fabulous idea, and uh, and and said right. Oh, and then they were asking us in the meeting what we wanted to how we wanted the the job to be let, which is quite remarkable, really. If you've got a public tender, and then they saying, well, what do you want? How would you like to have it? And so they were really asking us what we wanted to have in the meeting, and um, we got to the end of it. And agreed a whole lot of action points that uh, that we would go away and come back with some information. And uh, and since since that time, um, uh, we've had lots of dialogue with them. And uh, what we've heard through the grapevine, even though it has to go to tender and you have to win it and have the cheapest price, we are their preferred team that they would like to deal with. And it was, I mean, it's I suppose it sounds a little bit unremarkable, but it was a, when you were sitting in the meeting and it was they were as negative as what they were to being now very open to talking to us it was just and it was a it was it was like that the moment I started to pray the moment that there was a real shift in the room and a shift in them and their openness and just their whole demeanor it was really quite amazing yeah cool very good so you know it, it, we've got the supernatural ability and access to that realm and that may be for something simple like learning how to use a new device, right through to something like helping you when you're tendering on multi-million dollar contracts. You know, there's the same spirit that's working in each one of us. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting uh, that we can, you know, God has not left us alone in this deal, but his spirit is with us. And when we are born again, we go from a dimension of restriction of our natural abilities and what we can do, a womb-like limitation, and we are released into a universe-like supernatural. Isn't that cool? And, and, And Jesus says to Nicodemus that the way that this will take place is by you being born of the Spirit. You know, when we are born of the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us, that is a hugely, magnificently significant moment in time. It's incredible. Let me read a little bit to you out of um, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 12, verse 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
okay? So when the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence within us, when we are born again, it says that there are manifestations that are given to us, so outworkings of the Spirit, which are supernatural. And they are given for the common good. I want you to remember that. Hold on to that thought. They are given for the common good. Let's, the, new, the New Living Translation puts it, given to help each other. Okay? So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us to help one another. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. So, you know, wise counsel. To another, the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. By the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still uh, another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. See, one of the things that Paul just really had to get through to these Corinthians is that the, the gifts that you have been given do not give you a superior spirituality than any other believer. And so he's really, this is why he's saying it's by the same spirit, it's by the same spirit, it's by the same spirit. Oi guys, stop getting all high and mighty because there's some, you know, great gifting that you're manifesting and someone else isn't. He's just saying it is by the same Spirit and you have all been given giftings that are needed to make the body function. And these giftings have been given to you not so that you can be uh, uh, a superstar, but these giftings have been given so that the body can benefit from them. Isn't that cool? He's a good God. So let's take this another step further. We've been released into the supernatural dimension. We've now got access to that. And the giftings that God has supernaturally given. So we're not talking about our natural abilities here. We're now talking about supernatural giftings. So the ability to bring wisdom, the ability to bring words of knowledge, the ability to lay hands uh, on the sick and they will recover. The ability, uh, oh, sorry, I'm saying ability, which is uh, the gift. Let's say the gift. The gift of faith. All these things have been given and been placed in the body in order that we would be interdependent and would benefit each other. So the giftings that are on your life, I benefit from. I need the giftings that are in your life in order that I can live a life to the full with Christ. Just like you need the giftings that are on my life, just like James needs the giftings that are on Laura's life, who needs the giftings that are on Neil's life. This is the, one of the incredible things about God setting us in place as a body. It was that we would be interdependent of one another and we would live in the fullness and bless one another. And so, um, yeah, let, let's just read verse 27, because, because Paul goes into big, big uh, detail on this one about you know the arm and the nose and how can anyone say it's more important and all all this but I want to jump over that and I just want to hit you with this uh, or bring this verse out verse 27 now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it and so uh, thinking about the exciting plans and vision and all that uh, God wants to take thrive into you know, he's had us on a journey. He's not finished the journey. He's still got 
exciting plans and purposes. But those plans and purposes coming to pass are totally dependent upon this body of believers. God works through people. And so the giftings that are on your life need, you know, we, we, we need those. We need each other to be operating in our giftings, to not just be operating in our natural abilities, but to be operating in our supernatural abilities. Uh, as Deb and Glenn uh, will take up the senior leadership of this church and uh, another four weeks, is that they are going to give their giftings to this church. And they've got some incredible giftings. And, uh, and I have just been so blessed to work with them. Ruth and I have been so blessed to work with them because their giftings have complemented our giftings. Uh, and one of the things I've said many times is that the strength of this church has been not, on, uh, not just in terms of the leadership, but, uh, but the extended leadership uh, and then the staff. But one of the real strengths of this church is every single person in this room right now and everyone who is a part of this body. And the strength of this church is really shown when each person is operating not within the womb context, but within the supernatural universe context. So uh, in terms of the exciting plans and things that God has available for this church, it is totally dependent on every single one of us being active in that body in our supernatural giftings. Isn't that cool? Turn to the person beside you and say, I need you in your gifting. And then, and then, try it this way. I get excited when you're operating in your gifting. Just too many wrong, too many wrong minds up the front there. Yeah. So Jesus is emphasizing to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, look, yep, you can operate within your 613 laws. You can live a good life. You can, uh, you can, you know, walk so many steps on a Sunday and keep all that sort of stuff. But that is just, uh, that is a womb-like dimension. Nicodemus, if you keep your eyes on me, then I'm going to release my spirit to you and you will be able to be born into a universe-type dimension. You will be able to access supernatural wonders like you couldn't even ask, hope, or imagine. And that is exactly the same thing that's available for you and I today, is that we can live in our natural abilities or we can step into the supernatural abilities and giftings that God has given for us and it will cause our lives to be uh, significantly enlarged, significantly more important, uh, sorry, not important, uh, more enjoyable, significantly more influential, but also as we step in and use those giftings, then the whole of this body, the whole of the Christian body is going to be blessed and is going to be benefited because God has given us giftings in order that we can all be living in the fullness of the Christian life. Isn't that cool? Take a moment. Josh, do you want to just uh, play something? Um, we, we won't finish with a song tonight, today. Uh, 
Um, we won't, we won't. So just do music, not a song. But I just want—I just want to give you an opportunity, um, and uh, I'm—I I'm <laughs> just want to give you five minutes, and then I'll then I'll just wrap up. I'll wrap this up. But I just want to give you five minutes, just to contemplate, just to contemplate what God is wanting to reveal to you in terms of the giftings uh, uh, and the supernatural ability that's made available to you, and how you could access it. So you may be facing a situation. And, uh, and God's just going to drop it to you some way that you can actually access the supernatural universe that he's opened up to you. Or, just to contemplate, well, those giftings on your life, how are they being manifest right now in order that the body is blessed and benefited? So just uh, take five minutes. And, uh, and just consider those things and then we'll we'll call it a wrap.
Holy Spirit's just been releasing uh, to you. I just want to back up on something that I said. I just wanted to, uh, I'm not sure I said it well. Uh, and that was that uh, for me, I've been aware that it's not been um, the leadership of this church, singular, talking about myself as leader, uh, but it's been the leadership team, like the likes of Peter and Lynn and Glenn and Deb and Kathy and um, uh, Josh and uh, Liz. And, you know, early days too, um, John and Sharon, where they were on the leadership team and that sort of thing. That has just, you know, those, those giftings that have been made available uh, that have just been so fantastic. And then the giftings of the staff. But, but, you know, that's only a very small part of it. It's the giftings of every single person in this church that continues to make this a great church. Your gifting's coming out. There is room and there is space in this church for your giftings to be manifest. Whatever it may be, whether it be the gift of faith, whether it be the gift of music, whether, whether it be um, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues, uh, whether it be the gift of prophecy. I mean, I love uh, some Sunday mornings. I just see people just popping around and giving encouraging words to other people. It builds the body. Our giftings have been given to us in order that the body would be built and would grow up into the fullness of Christ. Uh, and that's, uh, that's exciting. You know, one of the things, I, just on the journey that Ruth and I are on at the moment, is that we're, we're aware that, um, that God is saying, look, the gifts, in, uh, the gifts that are on your life, uh, I want you to go and take those giftings to another people group. And I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how much, uh, you know, that is, that, that is tearing us up on the inside as well because we love this body and we have loved giving our giftings uh, to this body. And, you know, we may look great on the outside, but, but on the inside there is that wrestle that's going on. Um, and, uh, but we know that this church is going to continue to go on and be a great church because of the incredibly gifted people that God is saying, I, I need you here. I want you in this body, in this part of the body. Um, and so I really encourage you, be everything in your gifting that God has called you to be. Be everything in your gifting that God has called you to be. Now this church will continue to grow and go from glory to glory to glory under the guidance and leading of an incredible uh, senior pastor team and incredible leadership team, incredible staff team, but with an incredible activated body of believers living not in the limitation of the womb, but in the grace and the supernatural universe that God has made available to you. Father, we thank you for uh, how we have been made to be interdependent of one another and of how much you love your body being one. As you stressed, you had Paul stress to the Corinthians church that, that they are one, that your spirit helps them to be one. As you say elsewhere that you love it when your body dwell together, your, your brethren dwell together in unity, Lord. And, and Father, we thank you for uh, that continuing to take place in this place. Father, for revelation that has been released to people uh, 
today on how they can live in that supernatural realm, how they can bring their giftings out and make them available to the body more. Father, I thank you for the courage and the tenacity, the line of the tribe of Judah upon them, Lord. That no limitation of man, nor limitation of the enemy would get in the way. Because it is no match for the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead and has been placed within every single one of these believers in order that they may operate and have access to these giftings. Let it be. In your awesome name.